the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. My name is Greg Davis, former NCAA Division I athlete, and the goal of this podcast is to shed light on the harsh realities of life after sports. My guest today is former collegiate soccer player Brandon Adler. Brandon played his collegiate years at Providence College, where he captained the team on a historic run that included winning the school's first ever Big East Championship, as well as reaching the NCAA College Cup semifinals. For his efforts, Brandon was named Big East Tournament's Most Outstanding Defensive Player. Prior to the college, Brandon was a top high school recruit being named an NSCAA All-American, ESPN First Team All-American, First Team All-State, Star Ledger, New Jersey Player of the Year, and a Gatorade Player of the Year candidate. Brandon completed his bachelor's degree in sociology and went on to receive his master's degree in teaching in health and physical education. Brandon uh, Adler, <laughs> welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm really excited to be here, dude. For sure. And I got it mixed up a little bit there. I was, I don't, I'm not used to calling you Brandon. I'm used to calling you Adler. So we're going to keep it there. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude. Not many people call me Brandon, man. A lot of people call me Adler or Addy, man. So <laughs> Addy, Addy, not bad, not bad. Um, and listen, I know Adler from, uh, from years at Providence, you know, my, my, uh, my sophomore year at Providence, Adler came in as a freshman. And, uh, one thing about Adler, man, he's, he's, he's got such a positive vibe. It's always good vibes. He made, he made preseason always fun. You could catch Adler, you know, Millie rocking or, or Duggan or, or any sort of dance you could think of. So Adler always, you know, he always kept the room, kept the room fun and, and just kept the good vibes all around. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I feel like I kind of had two personalities, man. Like when I was in the field, man, I just kept the strictly business, like hard nose, like wanted to do my thing. But then off the field, like, you know, people called me goofball. I like to dance, make jokes and kind of light the room, like you said, and uh, kind of show, you know, my goofy side. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, um, and good memories with Adler. I think we, we actually played against each other because um, Adler's from the New Jersey area and we played against each other. He was he was a New York Red Bulls guy, Academy guy. I was a gotcha guy. And uh, and we had some I think we had some some matches against each other. Um, let me just let me see if you, you remember this this one moment. Um, oh, I'll paint the picture here. I'll paint the picture here. So it's a, uh, it's a sunny day. I would say like a light 70 and, uh, we're at, uh, aviator field in, in Brooklyn, New York, uh, Gachi versus Red Bulls. And I'm forward at the time Adler's playing center back. And, um, I don't remember. I don't remember if he was talking smack. I don't know. Possibly, maybe. Um, but you know, we were we were having a good battle, and I remember. I think it was a long ball came came by, and it was one of those long balls that, as a forward, like you kind of check into the ball, knowing that the ball is going to go over your head, but you hope the defender follows you and kind of misjudges it, and it goes over his head. Like as a forward, that's a classic move. Like you check in, and then you're already on the sp on the spin move once that ball goes over your head, hoping it goes over the defenders. Uh, it did. Uh, I think I caught Adler with some speed, pulled me down, red card, and uh, and that was that was end all be all. <laughs> uh, of course, you're bringing up my negatives, man. But uh, <laughs> now, nah, man, I mean, yeah. So Greg and I have known each other for a long time through uh, you know U.S. Soccer Development Academy. Greg was a highly rated forward from Gachi. I was playing for Red Bull, and uh, we also knew each other through uh, a player named C.J. Lyle who. Um, you know, fantastic player for Red Bulls and was playing in England a little bit. And 
you know, he's from the Connecticut area. So uh, that's how we knew each other. And then obviously me and Greg will play against each other a lot. And I do remember that time, you know, the way I got that red card, because I mean, Greg was always super strong as a forward. So I already knew every time I was playing against Greg, it was going to be a, a battle. So there were times trying to play mind games and, you know, Greg kind of sticks to his business. He spun me one time. I got a red card and uh, not, a, not a good Sunday. Not a good Sunday. <laughs> good. No, honestly, I wanted, I, I have to bring it up. Sometimes, you know, I think about these things and, and I feel like um, I may have dreamt it. I may have dreamt it. So I just want to make sure that, you know, uh, that it was, it was, it was real. It happened. Um, but I just, you know, when we were coming up to this interview, I was like, man, I, I got to mention that. That was, that was, uh, that was a solid memory for, for me and you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And like, obviously it was a nice little learning experience. I think I was, you know, a little bit too tight on you defensively. And then once I found out you were going to Providence, I was like, oh, I get to have this dude on my team. You know, I maybe get to battle and practice and I get to, you know, become a better defender and I don't have to play against this dude who's, who's going to Villanova or somewhere else. So it was nice to be your teammate for, uh, those two years while you were there, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. No, that was that's funny, man. It's always good bringing up bringing up memories. I mean, like I said, we had some some good battles and everything like that throughout the years. So, um, so listen, man, let's just let's um, let's get right into it. How did you uh, how did you first get into your into the into soccer, and what initiated your love for the sport? So definitely playing rec soccer um, locally in my town, Monville. Um, just love, you know, playing with my friends, having a good time. Um, and there's just an environment where it was all about having fun. Um, you know, fl- you know, fast forward to, you know, when you're in the U.S. Soccer Development Academy, it's it's a different animal where it's like you got to be on your A game. Everyone's competing for your spot. They're, you know, they're bringing in guys from Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, just to get the best guys possible because, you know, New York Red Bulls, you know, you don't have to pay a dime. They pay for everything and but if you go to other top clubs like you know pda which is well respected you know it's it's a decent amount of money so you know if you're going to play for a club where they're going to pay for travel they're going to pay for everything you know you got to be on top of your game because if not they'll just let you go so i think looking back you know playing in montville rec um it was definitely the most fun and i think my dad kind of got me um into playing soccer even though he played basketball um in high school my mom was an ice hockey player um Definitely wanted to go the soccer route. And even though I did get introduced to ice hockey and baseball, those were more fun sports. But for me, like soccer, once I found out, like, you know, I can play a little bit, it became more of like, all right, this is, you know, the serious sport I want to focus on instead of just, you know, having fun with my boys, if that makes sense. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And you brought up, yeah, you brought up the the competitive nature, just kind of being for playing for New York Red Bulls in the academy. And I think New York Red Bulls, even before, academy these days where a lot of these mls teams and they have mls next i believe it's called and a lot of these mls teams had these 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 youth teams um or these academy teams like new york red bulls at the time at least in the in the northeast area was one of the only few that that had this sort of you know uh almost like a professional culture or a professional environment and i know that you guys were were always getting players uh you know in and out all over new york and new jersey yeah absolutely i mean i was playing for west orange united and my dad was like, hey, you should try out for Metro Stars. They're making a, a super wide team. So before Red Bulls, it was Metro Stars. Um, so my dad brings us to the tryout, and there's like maybe 15 kids there. Um, it's right. It was the bubble next to Giant Stadium. 15 kids there, and at the time, I was a forward. Um, so you know, trying out, I'm like, Dad, only 15 guys are here. 
and he goes, you wait. And I'm like, all right. Cause my dad's, you know, most time he, you know, he's pretty knowledgeable dude. And I, you know, trust what he says. The next day, man, there was like 250 kids that showed up. Every kid had a number one through 250. And you find out like guys came from, like I said, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Maryland, you know, a lot of, you know, great players from like the Olympic development program, you know, New Jersey region one. And I was in 92 when I was trying out. So a lot of it was 91 to 92s trying out. So I'm like, all right, I'm not one of the older guys. So I really got to work for my spot. And when I was trying out and I had a couple of days in, the head coach comes up to me and goes, Hey, I like what you got, but you're not a forward. And I was like, <laughs> all right, word. So what am I going to be? He goes, let's, let's try it at center back. So that was Antonio Meza, who I have a lot of respect for. So he kind of got me into playing center back and understanding the tactics and everything that goes along with it. And if it wasn't for him, you know, I don't really know where soccer would have taken me, to be honest. So, you know, shout out to Antonio Meza and the New York Red Bulls for helping me become a center back. And, you know, that's how it started. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I've never seen you at forward, but I, I'm, you know, I think I, I recommend center back. for you. But <laughs> Yeah. Dude, I'm not, I'm not a Greg Davis. I'm not a Marcos Ugarte. I'm not a, Cent- I'm not a Centron. I'm not any of those guys. I'm a center back now. So no, no, you're, and you're, and you're a great center back at that. So, um, yeah, shout Thanks, out man. to him. Um, and what was, uh, you know, kind of tell me a little bit about your, your most favorite childhood sports memory. Hmm. I think it was, playing in a lot of these uh, these soccer tournaments where you're playing like, you know, three to five games in a day. Um, you know, you're literally going to tournaments, you're you're playing with your friends, and in between you're like, you know, you're cracking jokes, you're eating orange peels, you know, you're watching other teams play, and it's just more of like a fun atmosphere vibe. Um, and obviously, you know, your body has the capacity to play multiple games in a day. Obviously, we, I don't think we can say the same right now um, <laughs> or when we were in our college days, but I think just playing in these – Tournaments like, you know, FC Delco, YMS in Pennsylvania, PDA tournament, all these local tournaments that it was all about just like having fun, playing games. And, you know, that, that's what, you know, these tournaments were when we were younger. So, yeah, yeah. No, I actually have, to, I have this conversation with my friends sometimes. We're like, man, like we play, you know, a 40 minute game now and we're, you know, we're cooked. I mean, our legs are just, and we're like, cooked. how? <laughs> And it's like, man, how are we? How are we playing? When I mean, I know that we were young and everything, but it was like, how are we playing? Like, you know, three games in a day. You play like three games in a day, and then, and then you play another like two games that same weekend on on the Sunday. You know, it was just, it was nuts. It was nuts. But yeah, those times were um, those times were definitely fun. And uh, Absolutely. you know, looking back at it, what was um, you know, what was your dream with with soccer, and 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 what did you ultimately want to accomplish? Uh, for me, man, I wanted to be a professional. Uh, definitely wanted to be a professional soccer player. Um, I wanted to be the, you know, one of the top guys in New Jersey in the region, um, and also be a part of the national pool. Um, and you know, as I was going through it, I was, you know, looking back, I think when I was trying out for uh, ODP, uh, first year got to the final round, didn't make it. Second year went to the final round again, final cuts, didn't make it. And I'm like, all right, like. You know, and then the third year I knew it was going to be harder because if you remember like ODP in New Jersey, it was north and then it was south. So then the third year they combined it. So they were bringing all the dudes from the north, the central, and the south. I'm like, all right, this is going to be harder, but I got to do something more in the offseason that's going to get me to the next level. So I went to Mark Williams uh, in Whippany Park, and he works with like Tim Howard, guys from the Red Bulls, PDA. Like, you know, he's like the top director. So I was lifting – 
strength, you know, strength and conditioning three days a week, running hills with my dad, um, you know, training, you know, high school, you know, all, you know, Red Bull. And, you know, once ODP, you know, I made the, the final cut, I made it. I was super hyped. I ran around my backyard. Like I was like souped and then went to regional camp. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I was already pretty happy with making a state team, but I'm like, you know, like I said, I wanted to be a pro. So I wanted to match myself up, made the region one team. Um, I was super excited, did well at the, the regional camp. And then they chose a couple of us to uh, go to uh, the US, you know, United States uh, Nike friendlies and IMG. So they chose dudes from like region one, two, and three. And I was one of the guys selected. So I was able to represent, you know, with, you know, the USA crest on my shirt, which was amazing. I think it was 2007. So I was about a freshman. Um, so having that experience of wearing the USA crest, and that's when I kind of knew, like, you know what, this could potentially be a dream of mine to be a professional as long as I'm putting the work in and being, you know, in the top environment possible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And would you say that, you know, just kind of at that point, just being that your dream was, you know, to, to be a professional soccer player. And at that point, you're, you're rocking the U.S. jersey and, and you're representing the, the, the U.S. at least on, on some sort of level. Um, mm-hmm. Would you say that that was the point where, where you kind of felt closest to, to achieving this dream of that you had of being a professional soccer player? Or did that kind of point come a little bit later? I think the point came a little bit later. I think it was a little bit of a glimpse because obviously when you're a freshman in high school, you're still developing your skills like technically, tactically, physically, and emotionally. Um, but I think probably towards the end of my senior high school going into college, um, you know, I got, you know, a lot of individual and team, you know, accolades, which was great. Um, but once I knew I was going to play division one and being under Chaka Daly, who was a former professional um, in the MLS. And I knew that he could probably take my game to the next level. And, you know, he told me like, you know, your playing time's not guaranteed. You got to earn it. So, you know, once he said that, I was like, you know what, like this is a coach that's just not giving me the right act or promising me things that's not going to happen. You know, he kept the reels me from the jump. Um, so I think going into college, him having that faith in me to play as a freshman, you know, in the big East where it was Notre Dame, Louisville, UConn, and, you know, the top conference, kind of like what Andrew Sousa said in the, you know, the other interview, um, you know, being in that environment, I really felt that, you know, my, my dream was getting closer, but I also knew that I had to take care of my body more because I did suffer two shoulder injuries with my labrum and I had to get surgery on both of them. So I knew that that was going to kind of be a little bit of a setback um, if I wanted to make the professional ranks. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's a good point. I mean, like you said, you mentioned that that even going going into to college, that was when, you know, you felt possibly that you were the closest to that dream of, of becoming a professional. So and you and you went on to have, as, as I as I said in the intro, I mean, you went on to have a great collegiate career and and Big East all tournament defender and, and, and all of that. So um, where was there, you know, when was the when was that moment when you realized that that dream of, of, of playing professional soccer or just that kind of dream of reaching that goal would be unattainable. Hmm. Um, I would say probably two moments. One was the MLS draft, um, hired an agent, um, didn't get invited to the combine, but did fairly well my senior year with, you know, making the, the, the national semifinal and being second team all big East and being all region. So I kind of put myself in a decent position, but I knew I wasn't, you know, one of the the lottery picks, I, you know, I wasn't that guy. Um, but I was talking to my agent. He was like, oh, we're talking to Columbus Crew. And, 
you know, Sporting Kansas City and a couple of teams that liked you, but we're going to see what happens. And then as the draft was coming on, he was like, oh, you might get drafted like late third round, early fourth, just get ready. And as I'm packing my stuff and I'm watching the draft and my name doesn't get called up, and I'm like, oh, man, draft is done. Name didn't come up. And I was devastated. Um, and talked to my agent. He was like, I don't really know what happened. And that was a big, you know, big blow. Um, so then no, nothing happened. And I'm like, you know what? I guess spring semester, I get to be a normal student. Um, and after, I would say by late April, uh, the New York Red Bulls, John Wojnak, who was, uh, who was at the time the coach of New York Red Bulls too, um, in the USL, he goes, Hey, we want to, we want you to come in. Um, even though we're mid season right now, we want you to come in. And I'm thinking back in my head, I'm like, all right, this could be another opportunity, but now I'm not in the same college shape because I'm a couple months off from, you know, season ending. I'm, I'm a normal student now. Now I got to play catch up. And as I graduate, I literally drove to Jersey the next morning, was training with, you know, all the guys. And he was like, you're not in game shape. And mm -hmm. I worked my butt off for like a month getting back in game shape. Um, I trained with them for like four or five months. And he was like, you know, we just don't have any salary cap. We don't have any money to give you. Um, so we can't offer you a roster spot. And I'm like, all right. Um, and then my agent hits me up. He goes, Sporting Kansas City 2, um, they're making a reserve team. You should go out there for a tryout. So I went out there. There was like, a, again, 200 dudes that played, you know, Notre Dame, Duke, you know, all these top all these top schools that I had to compete with, get to the final cut, and we're like, we'll let you know tomorrow. Email comes out, hey, Brandy did really well, but we ended up going with a center back. The reason why is because of ABC. And, you know, I had nothing but respect for the coach. But then after that, I was like, you know what? I can't keep training and, you know, risking my shoulder again. So once that Sporting Kansas City tryout didn't go as well, I knew that my dream of playing professional soccer was over and I had to find my next calling. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I mean, I didn't even realize, <clears throat> I didn't realize necessarily, um, you know, because once I, you know, I transferred out of Providence and, and I was obviously, you know, following you a little bit, but I didn't realize to the point that you, you got an agent and you were getting some of these, these tryouts and different things like that. So um, no, that's, like I said, I mean, you, you were that, at that point, you know, it's, it's definitely close in terms of um, achieving that dream of, of playing professional soccer. So you know, um, just kind of being, you, you mentioned that you were devastated. And I guess after that final moment where you were cut and, and they chose a different defender and you had to find a, you know, kind of like a new journey for yourself. What was that? What was that period like for you? Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It was brutal. Um, I went home and I was talking to my parents. I'm like, you know, soccer was everything that I had. And I really felt it was my true identity. And that's how people really knew who I was so that at times I felt like since soccer was over, I was like, who am I anymore? Um, and there were times I did cry at night and I was like, how am I going to make money and what's my next career move? And, you know, I want to make my parents proud. So, you know, after having conversations with my parents, they were like, what, what makes you really happy? And I was like, besides soccer, it's, you know, being around kids and making a difference. And my mom was like, why don't you coach locally? Um, with Jersey crew under Frank Majori, who my brother um, and his son were really good friends in high school and he runs a local club team. So I was like, yeah, I could definitely see myself coaching. So I, I call him and I'm like, Hey, like I'm looking for, 
you know, a, you know, a coaching job. Is, are there any openings? He goes, absolutely. I went to go get my state license. And once I started coaching, I absolutely fell in love with it. And I knew that whether it was being a coach, mentor, like I knew that this was what I wanted to do. And as I was coaching like five teams and as I was coaching five teams, like different days of the week, I was like, all right, like what career path can I choose? Like choose. And my mom was like, well, what do I just like to do? And I'm like, well, I love playing sports. I could go into being a phys ed and health teacher. And I decided to apply for Montclair State University, got in, um, took two and a half years. So I got my master's and my teaching cert all in one. So I got my master's in teaching in phys ed and health grades K through 12. And then once I graduated, not even a week later, I got a job um, in Verona where I currently teach. So now I'm four years in teaching elementary school, phys ed and health, which I absolutely love to dream come true. And now I'm also coaching high school. So I'm the varsity assistant with the varsity program and I'm coaching club in the spring. So I really truly feel like I found my calling after soccer and I'm, I'm truly blessed. I had those conversations with my parents that kind of led me to my next calling, if that makes sense. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's, like you said, that's, that's, that's a blessing. And not a lot of people are able to, to find that, that next career path so close to them that relates to their sport. You know, you, you kind of had those people around you that were involved in, in, in coaching and involved in soccer. And, and I think that's sometimes what makes the, the transition process a, a little bit easier um, when you kind of go into that sport and you're able to find a way to stay in that sport, but on the coaching side and, and, and just kind of teaching the youth a little bit. So um, listen, shout out to you. I think that's a, that's a great thing that you're doing. Um, you know, obviously you, you have, you know, you've, you've, You've amassed, a, you know, a, a a ton of success, you know, off the field and now with, through the transition process outside of sport. Um, but if you did have a specific moment that you think that you would, if you could, if you can go back in time to a specific moment and and change anything in that in that particular moment, is there anything that comes to mind that that you would you would change? Probably not having sh- uh, shallow shoulder sockets that I got from my dad. Um, <laughs> So, dude, I think I dislocated each shoulder like ten times. Yeah, uh, yeah dislocated in the in the Big East semifinal against Georgetown. It popped out the night before the University of Virginia game. I was sleeping and it popped out. And I had to get surgery on both. Um, but you know, those are things that happen. And but I, I am a firm believer that everything does happen for a reason, and you shouldn't have any regrets. Um, and even a couple of my buddies, um, I'm not sure if you know this, so. Sophomore year, Chaka Daly, uh, he became the head coach at Michigan. Um, And when he broke the news, like everyone in the room was like, mouths dropped, hit the floor. I think this is when you were, were you, oh wait, did you transfer out when you were a junior? Yeah, yeah, no, this was, um, this was actually, uh, I transferred out at the, um, after the first semester of my sophomore year. And that was actually, I probably got a call from, from a couple of dudes from Providence, maybe about. This must have been like no more than a month after I made the decision to transfer. And that's when Shaka broke the news that he was leaving. So we actually kind of yeah. left at the same time, you know, if that makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, when you left, we were just like, ah, oh, dude, like Greg Davis, Sir Cuffington is literally <laughs> leaving. He's our star forward. And now we don't have one. But a couple of my buddies were like, yo, like, why didn't you go to Michigan? It's a Big Ten school. It's massive. Like, it's, it's a good school to go to. But I'm like. I did make a list of my parents just like separating it pros and cons. But looking back at it, like I super happy I stayed at Providence. 
Um, loved the community, loved the culture, loved that I was in the Big East Conference. Um, even though we did struggle our first year, we, I think we ended up like 4-10-2 sophomore year uh, with under Craig Stewart, and he was slowly building the program up. And then junior year, you know, winning record, went to the Big East Finals, and round at 32, again, lost to Maryland. And then obviously senior year, we made history, making the NCAA Final Four and Big East Championship and winning it. So super happy that I stayed. And obviously there are times where you have to block out the noise of your friends and social media. And um, I'm glad that I kind of stayed the course and I stayed home at Providence. So. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, that's a, you know, it's, it's, it's always going to be a tough decision when, you know, the coach that recruited you and, 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 and was really behind you, um, you know, moves on. Uh, I think you have to, I think a, a lot of players probably reevaluated themselves and, and, and thought about who's coming in and different things like that. So, yeah, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a definitely a, a thought process um, just kind of in itself. Um, just everything that you've, you've gone on to, uh, to do outside of soccer. Um, what would you say is, is if you could just pick one lesson, what would you say is the, the biggest lesson that you've learned from the transition process outside of sport? Um, there's a quote that, um, it's very short. It's, uh, everything's temporary, right? So whatever you're going through, whether it's emotionally, physically, mentally, socially, everything's temporary. Um, as long as you are finding ways to better yourself and you're not staying where you are, whether it's, you know, reaching out to other people, reading, looking at articles, talking to a mentor, teacher, parent, and trying to find resources and, you know, a way to better yourself and just always remember that you're not, this isn't going to be like this forever. So whatever you're in, it's temporary and it will get better in some way, shape or form, as long as you have the right head on your shoulders and you're constantly moving forward. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, I, I've said it, I've said it before, I think on this podcast that, I, you know, I constantly remind myself that that pain is temporary, um, you know, and, 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 and you kind of take it a step further. Everything is temporary, right? Um, pain is temporary. Sometimes happiness is temporary, <laughs> like, but every feeling, every emotion or everything in that moment, um, you know, can, can change in, in, in a blink of an eye. So that's definitely something to, to, to kind of take note of. And, you know, you, I know that you're still. Uh, you, I think you mentioned a little bit how, how you're still involved in the game. I'm not sure if you're you're playing so much now with with that shoulder and all that. But uh, are you, <laughs> you know, are you still involved in the game in any way? And and if so, um, to what extent? Um, I mean, I was playing like in men's leagues um, right out of college, um, but once I kind of saw the writing on the wall that you know that my shoulder could pose an injury at any moment, I knew that officially retiring from the game was definitely, you know, it was bittersweet, but, you know, I'm constantly involved in the game with, you know, coaching varsity soccer, um, coaching club in the spring, um, in the summertime that, you know, I got a couple players, whether it's former players I coached or guys that kind of hit me up through social media, um, they either play D1, D2, D3, or even high school. And they're like, Hey, like, is there any way that you can, you know, train me a little bit over the summer and we can work on certain movements, technical, tactical ability stuff. And I'm like, absolutely. So in the summertime when I'm not teaching, working at a camp, but also doing, you know, a little bit of private sessions here and there. Um, love going to Red Bull games. Um, obviously wa love watching EPL, even though Chelsea's struggling a little bit. I got some faith. <laughs> They're going to, you know, pull through. And I, I'm, a, I'm German as well. So I'm a big Bayern Munich fan. Both my grandparents are from Munich. Um, so watching Alfonso Davies and, you know, all the big time ballers in Germany doing their thing. It's uh, always, always connecting the game and, you know, soccer is always close to my heart no matter what. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And I think that's that's a great way to end it, uh, Adler. I think you're doing great things in terms of, you know, really kind of teaching some of the life lessons that you've learned and and to to the younger generation. And and it's great to hear that you're still involved in soccer, you're involved in education, um, physical education, and and it definitely sounds like you're you're staying active and and definitely um, you know, shedding light on 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 a lot of the positives. Uh, that you can gain a lot of lessons that you can gain through sports. So um, kudos to you, man. Keep it up um, and and love what you're doing. Yeah, man. That's that's one of the things, man, that I've kind of gotten that quote from my parents. Like if you can find something that you love to do, you're never going to work a day in your life. And I officially found that. And I truly know that when I go to work, um, I'm making a difference, you know, with my students, with, you know, incorporating healthy habits, movements for a lifetime. And when I coach my kids, high school and club, you know, I get to teach, not only the you know the technical and the physical side, but also the mental side of keeping your head on your shoulders, not let you know the game run your course, and you know trying to be the best mentor, teacher, and coach I can be. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's great, that's great, man. And listen, I really appreciate you coming on to this podcast. You actually hit me up, um, you know, when I, I think I right after I released my first episode, and you were like, "Listen, bro, like." would love to be a guest. Like I relate to this so heavy. So um, really appreciate you reaching out uh, uh, to me. And and like I said, this, this, this can touch a lot of different people and a lot of different people can relate to this. So again, really appreciate you reaching out and, and for listening to that first episode too. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And uh, everyone that's listening out there, you know, big ups to Greg Davis, you know, you know, beside being a good person, good friend and good soccer player, like this can really relate to not only sports it can relate to so many other things so uh keep listening to greg and uh this is gonna be booming so <laughs> love it man love it yeah listen the the encouragement is 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 real genuine i can feel that so i really really you know from the bottom of my heart i, I appreciate it and um you know, Adler, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll probably see you around soon. I'll see if I can I can swing by, swing by your uh, your high school a day after I'm working in Jersey, and uh, and we'll definitely catch up, man. But really appreciate you coming on to this podcast today. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me.